Breezeway is all about uncovering initiatives that are forever changing the guest experience. Breezeway's best-in-class property operations and messaging platform helps do just that by helping operators differentiate their brand and deliver more service to their clients. Breezeway's smart messaging tools makes it easy to send welcome messages, resolve in-house issues, share status updates, and offer stay extensions and other services. Powering operations with messaging also enables automated texts to notify guests when a property is ready for check-in, along with assigning work orders to your staff to second guests message in with a request. Combine the power of your operations with client communications and visit breezeway.io forward slash guest X to learn more. That's breezeway.io forward slash guest X to learn more. Welcome to the Guest X Podcast, where my co-host Brian Hamawi and I uncover the latest technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising customer expectations and forever changing how we define customer experience across a host of industries. If you are passionate about creating incredible content and unique experiences, join us as we talk to leading product and experience experts across the globe and learn about how today's most successful brands are setting themselves apart from the competition. Good morning. Welcome to the Guest X Podcast. I am your co-host, Matthew Loney, with Mr. Guest Experience, Brian Hamau. And, and, and I tell you what, such a dedicated co-host. He is uh, coming to us live from one of his vacation rentals where he has set up a uh, makeshift podcast. How you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, a lot of fun. I think renovating the house, waiting for some furniture to arrive at the house. Uh, another day in property management. The house looks good. The house looks good behind you. Got the drop cloths there protecting the owner's furniture. I like that. New couches, uh, all sorts. Yeah, it'll be a beautiful house. That's that's nine bedrooms. Nine nine bed nine bedrooms. Nine nine bedrooms. We'll sleep twenty four. Yeah, they got to they got to bring they got to be ready for uh, for all of our friends from across the pond, which is uh, a nice little segue. As we go to our, our guest today, but uh, by the way, before we get started, had a uh, great time this week. I know you weren't able to join us up in Chicago for the uh, for had the a lot sp- of FOMO. the spring FOMO. Yeah, yeah. I I kept getting texts from people who, for one reason or another, weren't able to make it. Everybody, what's going on? Who, what 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 have you found out? Who what have you heard? Uh, buy a ticket. So, buy a ticket. So tell us what. Ha- give us a uh, one minute. What what yeah. happened? What did you see that was awesome at 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 the summit, what did you, what did you, what were your takeaways? My biggest takeaway is two things. I think more and more of the summit is transitioning to the lobby, which I think is a positive. You see a lot of deals. And, and I think you see that, you really see that in the more mature industries, right? You see that at Focus Right with whether it's the hotel or, or the airline executives, a lot of the meetings and a lot of the businesses being done is happening in the lobby. And I think that's a recent phenomenon. And I think some of it is some of the people who've gotten into this industry, right? We're seeing consolidations. You're seeing people coming from other industries where that's, you know, they're bringing larger groups. Um, Track brought 30 people, 30. Wow. Yeah incredible i mean i was like so i think that was one thing i saw but then also a lot more emphasis being put on the m&a in education around m&a what does it mean Mm. you know what 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 should you expect what are common terms i thought there was some good education going on 
in the M&A space. I remember- I think there needs to be. There absolutely does. And especially for the smaller providers who are trying to, you know, trying to decide, are we staying in? Are we, are we exiting? If we exit, what, what should we, what are reasonable terms? What are market terms? Um, I remember a couple of years ago, and I'm not going to throw out any names, but there's some consolidation happening where people were effectively buying them, spreading the purchase price out over three years. And if you really sat back and thought about it, they're buying you with, with your own money. That was the, you know, they're buying you at three times, right? EBITDA at the time. And I think now it's five to eight is kind of was the numbers I was hearing at the conference, but they were buying these lodging providers at three times. And then they're saying, and we're going to spread it over three years. So effectively the money I was going to make over the next three years, you're just going to give to me. So <laughs> you can't get those deals now, but to your point, because I think people are, are educating themselves on what should these deal terms be? And that's a good thing for our industry because if people get out, they've put a lot of hard work into building these companies, the spoils are are due to those people. And so mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. But I mean, I don't know. Those are my two takeaways. And uh, But it was a great show. So, you know, really good to see everybody. It's really the last chance. You got Short Stay Summit next month. We'll be there in London. But after that, it's really the fall. So we're all going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to button down the hatches and try to get through the summer. So, uh, but really excited about today's uh, guest, you know, some, some areas I don't think we've touched on quite as much over the last year. And so you want to give a little bit of an intro? Yeah. So today's guest is Bob Gardner. He's a pioneer in the vacation rental space, leading the charge in environmental sustainability. He's also a huge advocate for book direct movement. Bob and his partner are the award winners of Casal de Fiki, a collection of eight uh, eco-friendly luxury apartments on an Italian farm. So I'm really jealous. He's in Italy managing these (laughs) eight luxury units. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Uh, Good to meet you both, uh, Matt and Brian. Yeah, it's great to be here. Good to meet you as well. We're really excited to have you on the show. I know we had a little bit of time uh, before the show to talk to you about you, the project, and, and where you came from. But Let's start with who you are, um, how you guys came about, you know, the, the project, how you got into it for our listeners that don't know who you are. Yeah, sure. So I'm Bob Garner. Um, I'm the co-owner of Casal di Fichi, uh, luxury holiday apartments here in Le Marche, Italy. My background with my partner, we lived in London and we both had corporate jobs and were uh, enjoying those. But as you both know, and I'm sure many of your listeners know, in the corporate world, they pay you really well, but they work you really hard. And I think we got to the point where we just didn't want to do that anymore. And so 16 years ago, we decided to give that up and moved here to Italy. And we bought a, an old farmhouse, a derelict place that had been empty for 35 years. And basically then project it into these sustainable um, holiday apartments that we now have. We live on site and we host our guests and We've been doing it now for this last 15 years. And who knew? We seem to be quite good at it and we enjoy it. And it also gives us lots of free time to do some of the other things that that we love to do. So, uh, yeah, we're living the dream. That's awesome. That is pretty, literally living the dream. I think if you're (laughs) in this space and you say, how would I like to do vacation rentals? what, What kind of experience would I like to provide? I think one of the top ones for me would be let's let's buy a property in Italy. You know, got good wine, you've got good food, nice people, and then why not? Let's just buy this this farm, have eight units, and host a bunch of people there. So I think um, 
you know, where I'd love to start is how does that understanding the, the industry, how does that affect the guest experience? I mean, what kind of control do you guys have around the guest experience and how do you present that to your guests? Because there's a very specific type of guest that you guys are attracting. And how does that translate then into your book direct strategy? Because you are big into the book direct strategy rather than using the OTAs. Uh, a yeah. lot of it comes down to the presentation, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for us, you know, we, you know, taking a step back, you know, we'd, we traveled a lot and we'd stayed in a lot of places and we were always looking for, even when we weren't in the industry, looking at the good and the bad, the way service was provided, the experience that you had. And we're always saying to ourselves, ah, would we do it like that? If we were in that business, would we do it slightly differently? How would we make some changes? And then when we came to do this for ourselves, we designed the property because we were rebuilding it and we had got the opportunity to design the guest experience from scratch. We're on site. The only staff we have are the people who come in and clean for us. Otherwise, we're dealing with the maintenance, we're dealing with the grounds, we're dealing with the, the meeting and the greeting and the bookings and everything. You know, they're just the two of us doing that. So we can control every element of that experience and the interactions that we have with guests. And so we tried to put it together in a way that we would want it for ourselves and, and who wouldn't. Um, and so that means everything around uh, the booking process, um, the after uh, sales care experience, their, their time when they're with us because we live on site. So we see and interact with our guests every single day. And so that whole thing we can we can control. And what that's turned into is, uh, as I say, who knew that we would be you know, good at that? And we've got a, a, a repeat rate of 65%. So 65% of our guests come back every year, uh, which is great. And then on top of that, we have our referrals. And then we, we get the remainder of our bookings mainly through our website. So very little OTA activity, just a little bit at the margins. And that's given us the opportunity to to build a core group of regulars who come back year after year after year. You know, we have guests who are on their 10th or their 11th visit because they just, before they leave, they say, okay, I'll be back next year. I'll have the same apartment in the same week or that same period. And they've almost become friends because we see them, we talk to them, we sit down, we go out for dinner with them, we have a drink of wine in the evening with them, you know, and we try and give them that experience. Um, and what's important is that, to us is the environmental aspect there because our whole branding, everything about what we do is all about the environment. That's the, the crucial thing to us is the guest experience and environmental sustainability. So every single touch point in our organization, whatever you do, if you look at our website, if you talk to us, if you look at our digital guide or any of our marketing or anything at all, it's all about those two factors because those are the important thing. You want the guests to be happy and importantly, you are, for us, we also want to help them understand about the environmental challenges and help them play their part when they're staying with us to help us be more sustainable. And those two factors are crucial. And, and that's what's given us the, the profile we've got, the awards that we've got, the press that we've got. But we love it. And, and it's the, the best part of what we do is talking to the guests, is enjoying time with the guests. And we genuinely, genuinely have a ball. Um, and that's that's really important to us. And I don't think you can put that on. I think it has to come from a genuine heart. And when it does, people, I think, can acknowledge that. And it doesn't come across as false because I, I just don't think that works. 
You know, Matt, I think this is, um, it, it's a really interesting discussion, right? Because you have vacation rentals and then, which are professionally managed. Uh, the units aren't owned and they're owned, but they're operated by a manager. They're not owned by the manager. And I think if you have an experience like what Bob's got, which is he owns and manages the unit, that takes guest experience to a completely different level. It, it does. I thought I was going to go down the sustainability because I have so many questions there. But I do I, too. But I think first <laughs> that the part that that really sticks out to me there is we talk a lot about book direct, and we talk I think generally about why that's important, but we really don't spend a lot of time as an industry talking about how you get a higher percentage of book direct. And it really does come back to that brand building that differentiated promise, if you will. And, and look, unless you've just got incredible inventory that people can't find anywhere else, it lives beyond the lodging. It, 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 you know, that sense of community, what, what you talk a lot about this, Brian, who are you going after and be hyper-focused on that demographic, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to, you know, we hear a lot about the farms in Italy, which is the cool, really sexy part of it. But there, there are simple things going after families with kids. So every single one of our homes has all the stuff you need for kids ages, you know, two to 15 or, or what have you. What I love that Bob has done here is, you know, he said every aspect is about our, is about sustainability. And so they're going to get some people who maybe that's not as core to them, but the repeatable gas, I guarantee you that is that, that would something there resonates and they don't have to resonate with everybody. And Bob, when, when you did it, was it, you said genuine too, right? Cause I don't think you can fake this because ultimately hmm. today, whether it's social media or what have you, people can sense when it's genuine, what you're doing, you're passionate about it. And when it's really done as more of a, of a, I hate to say it, a ploy. And mm -hmm. so when you guys set out, do you feel like the commerce followed the passion that you, you set out and you said, we're going to do something that we're passionate about and we're not, we need to make money. But, but that will take care of itself if we do what we're passionate about and we do it really well. I'd love to hear mm. from that entrepreneurial mm. standpoint how you guys got there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. You know, we, we don't particularly worry about the money. I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't need the money. Of sure. course, everyone needs an income. But I think you are right in what you say. I think you, you, you create an experience, um, and I can talk about how we do that, and people appreciate it. You, they appreciate the genuine interest that you take in them as individuals, uh, that you talk to them every day and you say, ah, morning, how are you? And where are you thinking of going today? And they say such and such a place. And you, we'd say, ah, well, you need to remember that on this day there's a market, so perhaps you want to avoid that or you want to go to this mountain town or you want to go to the beach and do you need a recommendation and da-da-da-da-da. And we get into conversation with, um, and of course, all of this is down in our in our Touch Day digital guide. But there's there's nothing better than that face to face conversation. 
But what you also need to remember, and this is really important, and we judge this early on, is those guests who were looking for real tranquility and peace of mind and privacy and don't want a daily conversation with us. So each of our apartments has its own private garden area and we'll be walking past or we'll be you know, talking to somebody else. And you can see those people who want to engage with you and who are trying to catch your eye or and those who people who are very private and want to stay on their own. So whatever it is, we will judge that and, and appropriately tone our response accordingly. I think the other thing that we do that's super successful, there was an old pizza oven um, all fallen down that we rebuilt in our garden. So each week we host a pizza party for our guests at the beginning of the week. We make the dough, we bring out all the ingredients, we bring the wine and the beer and everything's laid out there. And then we invite everybody and everybody always comes. Sometimes in the early part of the season and the late part of the season, it's couples. In the summer, it's families. But kids or older people love to roll out the dough, make their own pizza, put it in the pizza oven themselves, take it out, cut, cut up some slices, share it with everybody, and then the next person has a go. And it's a great way. We always really notice how it breaks down the barriers. It, it's an icebreaker because people get to know each other. People get to chat. And the conversations around the pool and in the garden are always much more uh, personal, a little bit more intimate, a little bit more uh, intense after the pizza party because people have got to know each other and we've got to know people as well. And it's the, it's the number one thing people say, I can't wait to come back for the pizza party. So that's one thing. And then two other things that I would probably say that are important to us around the guest experience. There's a big pool. It's a communal pool. We never ever use the pool if there's a guest on site in their apartment or on site however tempting it might be when it's 40 degrees uh here celsius and you're desperate to go in the pool we never use it when because it's their pool they've paid for it and we wouldn't dream of using it even though most people probably wouldn't mind so that's one of our rules and then the third rule i would say is we never ever ask people what they do for a living if it comes up in conversation and we'll have that conversation with them but we will never ask because once you know what somebody does for a living, you make some assumptions uh, about them. And, you know, they may be a brain surgeon or they may be a road sweeper. We don't care. We just want them as a guest. So that's something that we also we never ask them their job uh, uh, because then we will start to make assumptions about them and prejudge their sort of background and, and things about them. So. Those are the things that are important to us. And obviously, other than sustainability, which I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about because that's core to what we do. That's how we try to mould the, the guest experience. And then, then the money follows because people come back. They give you a great review. They refer you to their friends. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, and before you know it, you at the beginning of the season, you're already booked up for the whole season. You don't need to worry about getting those extra bookings in. Fascinating. I love, I love this model. This is like near and dear to me. I, I, this is, that would be my dream. I, I think one of the, the fascinating things for me is for vacation rentals in the market that we're in, we used to see a lot of repeat customers. It, it's very difficult now. We see very transient customers. It's changed quite a bit. But in a market like yours, it's very different clientele. People talk, you've almost built yourself, Matt, a small community. So I'm assuming that the, the repeat customers that you guys have built come back, not only to the same place, but year after year in very similar dates, which then also means that other customers are coming in the same dates. They know who they are. 
Yeah. And all of a sudden, you've built some serious friendships, which it becomes a, a small community. So you know what to expect. There's no unknowns. They love it. Uh, you guys have done the pizza party. So there's there's this whole ecosystem that you've built around uh, you, you know your project, which is it's unique. I'm sold. I'll be there this year. Matt's going for a month. Now I'm going to try to get him to go for a week and maybe I'll crash his party. But I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be keeping you in mind as soon as we get to Italy. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're paying. Yeah, sure. Whatever. And uh, if, if it gets me there, I'm happy to go. There you go. I do but want Brian, to touch on sustainability. Yeah, sure. So we talk about sustainability and I still, it, it doesn't roll off, but sustainability in the industry. Let's define sustainability. What does it actually mean? Because different people have different different uh, definitions for it. We all try to implement different things, but I don't think anybody's really defined it well. So from very high level, what does sustainability mean in your mind and how does that translate into your units? Yeah. Well, of course, sustainability in itself, just using that word alone, doesn't necessarily necessarily mean environmental sustainability. You also need to be financially uh, have this financial sustainability too. So there are lots of different ways of measuring sustainability. But obviously, I'm talking about we're talking about environmental sustainability, and, and that is is about trying to keep in balance what you already have. So you might have heard of regenerative tourism, which is making things better than you, than you found them. Sustainable tourism is about not degrading what you have, but keeping it at that level and, and keeping the, the quality and the environment um, at that same point. So that's what sustainability is. And it's been crucial to us. We built it in from day one. And, you know, I don't claim to be the world's expert, but over the last 16 years or so, we've built and learned what works. We've implemented that. There's 25, 30 initiatives uh, that you can see on our website, which explain all the things we do around energy, around plastic, around cleaning, about every aspect of the organization. But the important thing I found that when we did that was that it's great that we do it. And obviously, we're on various uh, sites which focus about sustainability. So people come to us because they're interested in sustainability. But a lot of people come to us who don't know anything about sustainability. And we see our role is to gently guide and assist them in understanding while they're staying with us a little bit more about sustainability, environmental sustainability, which is not, absolutely not, wagging your finger and saying, what are you doing about sustainability? Because that ain't going to get you nowhere. We, we do it by example, by show and tell, leading about what we do around cleaning products, around plastic, around um, ozone cleaning pool, uh, around energy, around light bulbs, the list goes on and on and on so that they are experiencing those things. And the biggest, biggest buzz for me is they go home and then they'll get back in touch uh, when they're making their booking for next year. And they say, oh, by the way, we've just put in a, um, a car charger at home or we've planted an organic garden or we've got rid of single use plastic. Thanks for inspiring us. And we've played a tiny, tiny part in twisting uh, their life to, to be more environmentally sustainable. And, that, and that's a really great buzz. And that's what we, we really take a lot of pleasure in uh, and satisfaction in doing, um, because it's important. We, you know, there is a, an environmental crisis and we all need to play our part to do something if we're going to keep emissions below 1.5 degrees Celsius by 2050. 
And I think the other thing that I think that's really interesting, and the results came in just today, so this conversation is really timely. Booking.com do an annual environmental survey, a sustainability survey with 30,000 respondents over 32 countries. And the results are in today. They've been doing it every year for many years. And each year, the number goes up and up and up in terms of what people are looking for. And just looking down, because I've just read it just half an hour ago, the number has gone up 10% in this last year. 71% of people, respondents, want to travel and stay more sustainably. They won't necessarily find what they're looking for. 71%. So everybody's starting to understand that there's an environmental crisis. We know that the consumers are reading about it, they're hearing about it, they're learning about it, they know that they have a role to play, they're trying to fix it in their day-to-day -day lives, but they also want to stay sustainably when they're on holiday. And so what's really crucial, and what's a, I always say to every hotel, every vacation rental owner, every B&B owner, get into this market. There's a burgeoning market there. And if you've got two properties equally the same price, equally beautiful, equally giving a great service. And one has that added advantage of being eco-friendly and environmentally sustainable and doing the right thing. Who's not going to choose that? Nobody's going to say, I'm not staying with them because everything's wonderful, but they're, they're also environmentally friendly. That's just crazy. So there's a huge market there that people need to be tapping into. It's only going to get higher. It's never going to go down because we know how things are turning out. So I'm always saying to people, even if you don't want to do it because you think it's the right thing for the environment, do it because it's the right thing for the bottom line. You will make money out of it because you can tap into a market that you currently cannot tap into. And so I'm, I'm always saying to people, this is an amazing area that so few people have got into. Um, and I would really encourage people to do it uh, because it's it's a win-win. It's great for the planet and it's going to be great for your for your bottom line and for your for your pocket. So when you when you if you were to start the business and you are let's let's say you don't have a farm but you have vacation the more traditional vacation rentals, where do you start becoming environmentally sustainable? Like what would you implement without going crazy? You know, this, because it's, it's to me it's like guest experience. Guest experience. There's so much technology. There's so many things that we should be doing or can be doing, yeah. and you can go down a massive rabbit hole trying to implement all sorts of different types of sure. things and sure. failing at all of it. So yep. where do you start? Is it with the clean and the cleaning products? And, and does that mean that you're, you're environmentally sustainable or okay. is it more than mm. that? Okay. Uh, this is a question that always comes up. So I always say, you know, if you're starting out and you want to get started, there's, we're all on a journey, you know, we're all got to start at some point. So, you know, there's, there's no shame in that. We've all got to make a, an effort at some point. Start with the low-hanging fruit. Start with the things that are really easy to fix and that will cost you no money. And, and then that, because you've got to get on the road and get started. But yeah, I'll give you some examples. Totally. Some really easy things. First one is, are you on a, a renewable energy tariff? So whoever you buy your electricity from, are you on a green tariff? If you are not on a green tariff, talk to your provider, email them, phone them, whatever you need to do, and say, put me on a green tariff. They will have a tariff, almost certainly, in most parts of the world. It will not cost you any more money. And then your money is going to support renewable energy. Of course, it's still the same electricity coming down the wires to your home, but your money is going to support renewable energy. And therefore, you can, you can, start, you can say that. 
And I always say, whatever you're doing, talk about it. Don't be shy about it. Um, there's a great phrase um, that you've probably heard of greenwashing, when people are, are pretending to do things when they're not really doing them. There's another one, the opposite, green hushing, where you're doing stuff and you're not talking about it. You're keeping it quiet. You've got to be out and proud and talk about these things and brand yourself because that's really important. So I would start with green energy. Another thing is make sure you've got LED lights in your home. They're the, they're the modern lights that use a fraction of the power. Uh, they last for years and years and years. Just change out your lights and then you'll never need to change them for years and years. Start to think about your cleaning products and making sure that they're environmentally friendly. Start to think about the plastic that you have in your home and whether you can eliminate single-use plastic. If you've got the ability to get a car charger in, get a car charger in. Look at something like uh, the Green Web Foundation. You can go onto this uh, website called the Green Web Foundation, put, punch in any URL that you like, and it will tell you if you're, the service on which your business is based are green energy hosted. So uh, it's called the Green Web Foundation. If, it, if you're green hosted, it comes up with a lovely smiley green badge. You take that and you badge your website. You'll find it on our website. And it, it's, it, so it says, oh, your, your website is green hosted. So these are small things that cost no money uh, to do. Um, and then we'll start to, to have an impact. And then what you need to be doing, you need to be badging yourself that you're environmentally friendly. Don't pretend that you're doing more than you are. Say what you're doing. Put a page on your website and start to talk about the things that you're going to do. Even if you don't have chance to do everything straight away, of course, you're too busy. Do five things and then commit to five more things in the following year. Put it on your website. If you use OTAs, find a green um, OTA that, that specialise in environmentally sustainable properties and market yourself through that. If you use Booking.com, Booking.com have now got environmental badges so that you, if you meet the criteria, you can have a green badge on your, on your listing and people who are looking for green places will find you there. If you're not green badged, on booking.com and someone's looking for a green hosted uh, place to stay, you're not going to show up, are you? It's common sense. So get yourself onto those things. I always say about uh, sustainability, it's a little like, like a positive drug. I found it so. We started out just doing a small things, um, you know, like putting in a well and a vegetable garden and solar panels on the roof. And then you get some really positive feedback because the guests tell you they like it. They book again. They mention it in their review. They refer you to a friend. You get some press. You win an award. Each of those is a really positive push to do the next thing. And then you think to yourself, ah, oh, this is working. This is, this is great for my business. It's great for the planet. Uh, and the customers like it too. So then you implement the next thing. So it's been like a bit like potato chips. You just can't stop eating them because they're just so addictive. So that's, that's what I think of sustainability. I think it's wonderful. I, I will say, you know, I do. It's amazing. Brian, you and I now have been going over to Europe for a couple of years, doing some conferences, things like that. And um, the U.S. has always been a little bit behind. And I'm not even talking about our government, right? Just I think as a society this has been um something's a little further back but i am really encouraged I'll, I'll even give him a little shout i i had dinner with steve milo on uh tuesday night after chicago and here's a guy six thousand vacation rentals right and, and and i i don't think i mean maybe he didn't tell me this but i don't know that 
branding themselves as a sustainable V-Trips is sustainable. I don't know that that's on their roadmap. It may or may not be, but he did bring up, we were talking about the little shampoo bottles. And one of the things he was bringing, he brought up was that they were exploring the pumps in the showers and, and, you know, for those of you who know Steve Milo, you would have assumed, and I'm sure some of it is, you know, kind of that cost analysis, right, that they're doing. But he specifically brought up what a waste and, and, and how damaging to the environment all these little bottles are. He talked about walking through one of his housekeeping buildings in one of his states. But he's like, you know, how many of these just get thrown out or they get half used or they get – and. um when you start to see the bigger players really, you know, at least start to focus on on that. And again, we weren't in a big crowd. There was no reason for Steve to bring this up to try to tout what they were doing. That gives me, I'm encouraged. It, it leads to, you know, maybe one of my last questions, Bob, is we think about what I love about is you've taken sustainability and you've also made it part of your guest experience, right? Which is just really, really cool. You, you, but beyond that, you mentioned a number of things that don't cost a lot of money, but that really add to the memories that people are making when they're there at your farm. One of, one of the questions I've got is, you know, when it comes to scalability, right? It may not be you and your partner's vision to, for this to be bigger than what it currently is, but obviously some people get into this industry and they want to scale. Does it become inherently more difficult to provide a unique guest experiences as you scale, or is it just that it's different? It's not going to look like your version of guest experience, but there's, there still is guest experience that can scale. What's your thought around that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I can appreciate that, you know, if you're running, you know, multiple units in multiple locations, uh, you're obviously not going to be on site all of the time. Then I think it's really crucial then that you have staff who are bought into the same philosophy and the same mindset that you are and that everything that you believe is crucial to your success. And we've not had to document it in a way because we just live and breathe every day. Right. Um, then I think that's what you would have to do is you would have to find a way of making sure that you had a team of people who were as passionate about sustainability as we are because are not just, you know, a tick box mentality because they're doing it because the boss says they've got to do it because I think that would, I think that would show through, but you know, a lot of the products that you would use would be the same products, you know, like we use who gives, gives a crap toilet paper, um, which you may have come across and it's an Australian company. They're very big in, uh, in the States and in, in Europe now that their paper is recycled they give 50% of their profits to build toilet facilities in the developing world. So we try to work with companies who, because it's not just about what we do. We're a very small organization. Um, so the two things we do to, to make our impact even bigger is that we use suppliers um, and service providers who are also doing something. So again, if you've got two suppliers, you know, one toilet paper or another toilet paper, that's equal quality, equal price, we're going to use the one who's doing something to give back to society because that's a way of, of spending your money wisely. And then the other thing that we do is, you know, I spend a lot of my time talking to, to vacation world hosts and managers and event leaders 
to try and encourage them and educate them and inform them to also play their part. You know, I don't do it as a business. I do it because I'm passionate about it and I can influence a lot more people when I'm standing up at a conference and talking to people or I'm trying to get through my new business, uh, Green VR Events, uh, event organizers to make their events more sustainable. That is a way that we can get a lot of people connected to this, this topic. Um, and that's what's important to me because there are hundreds of thousands of people in our industry, as you know, and millions in tourism around the world. And we've got to get more people connected to sustainability because we've all got a role to play, whether as individuals or as businesses. Um, and I think tourism has got a lot to do. It's quite dis disconnected at the moment on this topic. Um, and it's important. So um, that's what I would say. But definitely you need the staff. You need to get people on board because otherwise you, you wouldn't have consistency across all of a, a big platform, I think. I think that's what you hear that? Say. You hear that, Brian? Once again, it comes back yep. to what? People, consistency. There's just people. It's all about the people. People, and it's and about the people. And and I think too, when people think about brand, your first audience for your brand is internal, actually, because if yeah. you use it as a way of recruiting people who are going to work for you, then they exemplify it because it's going to attract those people who have the same values, the same culture, the same. And then they're going to turn around and exemplify those same values then outward. But I think a lot of times we initially start with brand as what are my consumers? How are they going to view me? You start internal and, and then you'll attract the same people. You, and Yep. It actually starts with the leader. And one thing that I've noticed with Bob, especially on this episode is the passion that passion. he has. Passion. for what he's doing yeah yeah but it's awesome passion is what's gonna uh, yeah it's what's gonna teach and, and lead the people that are working under him because if he has a passion for the product that he's putting out then the rest of the team are gonna exude the same exact passion that he has which in turn is gonna show in the property in the product and then attract the right the right customer base i think one of the things that we're, we're seeing in our industry is that short-term rentals isn't a hard business to get into and you can make mm. significant amounts of money and people just get into it because it's a business mm. that's simple to get into. But if you have the passion, then you can have the growth, you can build a brand, you can build a product. And that's really the difference between, I think, the companies that separate themselves from just the traditional property manager that comes into the space to make some money and then exit. And it starts with the leadership. No, that's a great point. So, uh, but Bob, um, for people who want to learn more, who maybe haven't had a chance to hear you speak, we definitely do. Um, uh, we'd like to reference in, in the notes of the show, you know, the 10 stage roadmap, I think is, is kind of yep. what you had outlined for, but how, how best to get in touch with you, how to, how to start, you know, to, in your words, I think their own journey. Um, and if they, if they want to reach out, what's the best way? Uh, email? How should they How should they go about doing that? Yeah, they, they can email me and uh, we can put a link to the show notes to that. Or just find me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn every day posting about sustainability, environmental sustainability. 
Uh, I talk to people every day about this topic. Um, I, I'm not trying to make any money about it. I just do it because it's a passion. So anybody who wants to learn, who wants to have a chat, they can just book a slot with me and uh, I'll happily talk to them and get them started if they, or, or, or get them on the next stage if they want to get to the next stage. Whatever it is that works for them, I'm happy to do it. I just want to see more people uh, get into environmental sustainability for the planet and also because they will make some money as well. And there's nothing wrong with that. So um, I'd really encourage people to get started. Well, well, I will I will tell you, I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks because one topic I'd like to maybe have you consult with, explore, it, we've set out as a goal to have more activity providers that um, are eco focused and you there's some great activities but finding them has been somewhat difficult for our supplier team but really trying to find because there's some great opportunities for guests where they can go on these really cool eco tours there we've got some partners over in saint augustine florida that do it where it also educates the consumers mm. so not only do you get to go out in a kayak and really see some cool uh, local uh, animal life and things like that, but you're learning along the way about this ecosystem, what's happened, what we're doing to it, how, you know, the state, you know, the steps now they're being taken back. And I think um, for us, one of the things in arrival uh, worldwide has, has put a little bit of a focus on this for tours and attractions, but is finding activities where, People leave and they've had a good time, but they also they're more educated within the area of sustainability. So it's I think, you know, I'll be your first one to sign up for a little bit of a of a lesson because I'd love to chat with you about that. Uh, I think it's it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I actually, yeah, uh, was going to suggest uh, we we probably should do a podcast. There's some really interesting people, uh, including my brother, doing some fun stuff out of New Mexico with sustainability. It'd be pretty cool to get a couple of people on a panel and possibly host something on sustainability. On that would be action. cool. Yeah. And maybe, or maybe even do it at one of the conferences, you know, we could propose yeah. it to one of the conferences and we could just have a panel up there and, and educate people who are at the conferences. I think that's a great idea, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Let's pitch it. Bob, thank you so much. We really, again, appreciate your time. I'm so sorry. My co-host was late. Uh, he's, <laughs> You know, you, ne you never know <laughs> for those. That's an inside joke uh, for everybody here on the podcast. But thank you again and um, really do appreciate it. Okay. No, it was my pleasure. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. That's it for this week's episode of Guest X. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. We are Mr. Guest Experience, Brian Hamawi and Matthew Loney signing off and reminding you to always create a customer experience worth talking about. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.